Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Rooster's Crow. Uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, praise your holy name. We come before you today in humility, Lord. We ask that you bless our endeavors to your glory. Bless our every step, our every breath, our every word and deed to your glory, Lord Jesus. I ask that you continue to guide us, Lord, like the lamp unto our feet, Lord, that makes our path straight. Keep us on that narrow path, Lord. I ask for eyes to see, my holy king, I ask for ears to hear. Praise your holy name, Lord. Keep joy in my heart. Your holy joy, praise your name, amen. In Jesus' name, brothers, sisters, friends, I want to talk about Naboth's vineyard. Vineyard, however you say it. Um, it's the next chapter in our journey with Elijah. Um, we find Elijah coming back out of the woodwork. I guess he came back from uh, Mount Horeb to uh, condemn Ahab. Ahab really screwed up big this time with Naboth's, Naboth's vineyard. His, uh, his fine witchy wife Jezebel got him in another fine mess. So he, uh, he was coveting. That's where all this all started. Ahab was coveting. And uh, covetousness is a huge mistake that a lot of people make. It's a big sin, and it leads to bigger sin. It leads to a miry pit. So Ahab was coveting this vineyard. He had it in his head that he had to have this vineyard, and it belonged to a man named Naboth. And so he approached Naboth, Ahab, and he... And he offered to buy it from him or trade him for a better vineyard. And uh, Naboth refused. And the reason he gave was um, 
it was his family land. And Israel had... So the way Israel was, when God gave the the land, the promised land to the Israelites, um, it was their inheritance. There, there was certain laws that they were not allowed to sell it. And, um, and so that's what Naboth referred back to. He said, you know, it's not, I'm not allowed by God to sell this land. This is my family's land. And so Ahab went home. He was very upset. Um, the reason he wanted the land, he claimed to be a, he wanted for a vegetable garden. It was nearby to his, uh, it was in Jezreel. Which, as I mentioned before, was his... I always said it was his summer house. It was actually his winter house. So, during the winter, he went and hang, hung out in his palace in Jezreel. And uh, Naboth's vineyard was right next door to his mansion there. And he wanted it for the, the convenience of having its vegetables right there next to his palace, is what it sounds like. So, uh, he went home, he was sulking, he didn't want no food, he was looking at the wall, he wouldn't talk to nobody, just like a big old crybaby, and so his wife, old witchy Jezebel, old Baal worshiper, she says, my husband, why are you, uh, why are you being, why are you, what's the matter? And so he tells her, boo-hoo, Naboth won't sell me his vineyard, wah-wah. And she says, well, ain't you the king? Ain't you the king? You know, you can do whatever you want. So she says, don't worry, hubby-wubby, I'll take care of this for you. So she goes and gets his, um, his, uh, his ring that seals the wax and messages. Uh, back then, uh, most people probably understand that they would, when they would uh, write a letter, they would roll it up and then they would get some wax or rubber and melt it shut and they would seal it with a ring. So it had the symbol, it had their own personal symbol on there that couldn't be easily counterfeited <clears throat> and uh and the wax or the rubber would seal the letter closed it would seal the scroll and they would mash their ring their signet ring on there and it would leave their symbol so she wrote a letter and basically signed it with Ahab's name by using his ring to uh seal it and she ordered the elders of the town there in Jezreel, she told them, she said, this is Ahab speaking. She was pretending to be Ahab in this letter. Told these elders, call, um, this made it even more evil too, because it was supposed to be a fast and a celebration glorifying the Lord. She said, call a fast and, um, I guess when they had a fast, all the elders of the town would sit together. It was some kind of ceremony, it sounded like. So, and she said to give Naboth 
a place of honor at the table. So all this goes down and she instructed them to get two two men that could be easily influenced to lie on Naboth and say that he blasphemed the name of the Lord and he also said some bad stuff about the king. And so uh, in, according to Israeli law, you needed two witnesses in order to convict somebody of a crime so they um so during this uh this fast this ceremony these two guys these two they call them sons of belial which was another way of saying uh sons of the devil they were wicked men they were worthless men they were criminals in the bible many times you'll see that term sons of Belial. Um, when Hannah, when I was uh, giving Samuel's story a few episodes back, and uh, the priest came in and saw Hannah praying, and she was moving her lips, but she wasn't speaking, and the priest thought she was drunk, and he said, woman, why are you, why are you coming in here drunk? Stop drinking. And she's, when she said, uh, sir, I'm not drinking. I'm just, I'm, I'm distressed and I'm fervently praying. She explained that she was not a daughter of Belial. So, um, anytime somebody is a bad person, they call him a son of Belial. Or in Hannah's case, she said, no, I'm not a daughter of Belial. I'm not drunk. And so, um, in the Bible, it's, or in this, uh, in this uh, story, the elders of Jezreel got these two witnesses against Naboth, and they were sons of Belial. So I said all that just to explain what sons of Belial, because you see it time and time again in the Bible. And it took me a while to understand what that meant. I'm like, who is this Belial? Who is all the, he has all these sons? It just means sons of the devil, basically, wicked people. So, um... These two guys, they stood up during the feast and pointed their finger at Naboth and said, this guy blasphemed the Lord, this guy was talking mess on the king, and evidently that was punishable by death, by stoning. So they drag him outside and stone him, I believe in his own vineyard, if I'm not mistaken. So he's dead. They murdered him. Jezebel basically murdered him. And uh, so then the elders sent a letter back to Jezebel saying, all right, it's done. Uh, Naboth is dead. So she goes to Ahab and said, uh, go collect your field. Naboth's dead. There's nobody standing in your way. Um, And it occurs to me that did Naboth not have any sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, nobody to say, hey, uh, if, if anybody gets the field, you know, it goes to his family, not why, why does the king, why is the king able to go collect? So as I'm wondering this, uh, because in Israeli law, that's what should have happened. But the Canaanites, the surrounding, the other, um, 
the other nations surrounding Israel, if someone was a criminal, a convicted criminal, then the king was able to, by their laws, the king was able to go collect their land. And um, so I think that's what Jezebel did here. She was going off of her laws because she was a foreigner. She was from Sidon. She was a princess of Sidon. She was the um, daughter of the king of Sidon. So she was going off of her Sidonian laws where a convicted criminal forfeited his land to the government, which was the king in that time. So Ahab went down and collected. So while he's down there looking at his new vineyard, his new vegetable garden, um, God came to Elijah and said, I got a message for Ahab. I want you to go over there to Naboth's vineyard and give Ahab a message. So, so Elijah goes down there and finds Ahab checking out his new vineyard, his new vegetable garden. And Ahab, when he sees him, says, uh, Oh, you have found me, my enemy. Oh, my enemy, you have found me. And uh, and Elijah's like, yep, I found you. And Ahab's so stupid that he don't even understand how this guy found him. You know, does it not occur to him that, hey, how did he know where you were? You think God told him? So anyway, he uh, Elijah says, yeah, man, I found you. He says, and I also got a message for you. He said, I didn't find you by accident. I, I, I'm here to give you a message from the Lord. And guess what, buddy? Dogs are going to lick your blood when you die. Your um, entire lineage is going to be wiped out of the earth. You're not going to have any uh, anybody to carry your name. The Lord is going to kill all your um, all your sons. And also, furthermore, the dogs are going to eat the city dogs, the wild dogs running around in town, are going to eat Jezebel. They're going to eat your queen. And so, uh, old crybaby Ahab once again goes home, lays down in his bed, and he's crying. He puts sackcloth and ashes. He humbles himself. As usual, he's whining and crying again. And the Lord actually uh, respected this repentance, this sackcloth and ashes and all this whining and crying. And the Lord went back to Elijah and said, um, said, I'm not gonna, I won't do this in Ahab's life. I won't, uh, I won't kill all his sons and rip the kingdom out of his hand until after he's dead. So that was, uh, Ahab's reward for, repentance um so that's the story at, at Naboth's vineyard um see if I forgot anything here no that's it well we got one of my favorite stories coming up next it's really cool man it shows God in heaven plotting against Ahab 
and just a really neat story. So uh, I can't wait for next time. Um, I want to end it in prayer. So uh, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to tell these stories in my roundabout way. And thank you for whoever is listening, Lord. I, I hope uh, I hope you're able to touch their hearts. I thank you for the technology for me to be able to record these these Bible stories to your glory. Lord, I thank you for the air we breathe. Praise your holy name, Lord. Thank you for you. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross in our place, Lord. For dying, for sacrificing yourself and dying a brutal death. All to save us. To save our... For dying in our place. For taking our punishment. And accepting us as brothers and sisters... Lord, your brothers and sisters is what you accept us, is what you adopted us. Us who are so unworthy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Before I close it out, I want to talk about um, a parable that Jesus told. Um... I don't know if it's a parable necessarily. It's more of a comparison. Um, I'll put the Bible verse um, in the in the description, um, and also the verse the, of Na- Na- where Naboth's vineyard is found. So, it's a pretty famous uh, parable or story, whichever it is. Um, it's called the house on the rock and the house on the sand. So Jesus said, those who hear my truth and apply it to their life and are obedient to it are like a person that builds his house on a rock. The person who hears my teaching, this is the Lord talking, Jesus, the person who hears the teaching of Jesus and does not obey it, does not apply it to their life, they're like a guy that builds his house on sand. And then a storm comes and hits both houses, say they're, they're neighbors, one the one guy builds his on the rock his neighbor builds his on the sand uh, a hurricane comes and it hits both houses the rock the house on the rock endures through the hurricane and is still standing afterward the house on the sand it falls it crashes it's the lord says that um not only does it fall, but it's a great fall. And so, I was considering this this scripture, and and 
it occurs to me that everyone everyone goes through this storm in life goes through storms in life goes through uh spiritual hurricanes and um so when you become a believer when you put your trust and faith in God when you when you nail your flesh to the cross and and follow that narrow path that Jesus instructs us to follow um we still life doesn't get perfect you know we don't win the lottery and all of a sudden the Lord blesses us with a Porsche and we never get sick again. That's not how it works. We still get the same storms in life that everyone else gets, but we, we, our house is built on the rock of Jesus Christ. It's our foundation. When we give, when we put our trust in the Lord, we have a, a solid foundation that our our life is now built on that we put our trust in um when you don't put your trust in the lord you're 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 putting it in your own abilities your your um it's whatever you put your trust in you put your a lot of people follow their own pleasures um they don't want to follow the lord because they don't see it as sin i guess maybe but it it's what it is they're following they don't want to give up their pleasures in life whatever it may be uh sexual immorality uh it could be gambling it could be alcohol drugs whatever gives them pleasure that they don't want to let go of to follow Jesus because you have to let go of that in order to follow Jesus you have to let go of whatever god is in your life whatever you worship make no mistake you are worshiping something whatever it may be money gambling your own self many people worship themselves it's whatever they decide to chase that day. Um, it's uh, a good comparison is there's a monkey trap in, in Africa or some country where they put these little nuts in the, and there's only a hole big enough for the monkey's hand to get in. And when he has a hold of the food, he can't pull his hand back out. And he he wants that food so bad. He's all is he all he can think about is that food that he can't pull his hand back out. And if he would only let go, he would be able to pull his hand out and escape the hunter. And that's how our sin is. That's how the God of our life the. Uh, the worldly gods that we follow our idols we can't let go of them because we love them so much we refuse to let go and follow jesus so we become trapped in that sin and uh 
when the hurricane comes, your life is going to crash, crash to the ground because it's built on the sand of whatever false idol you have in your life. If your life is not built on the rock of Jesus Christ, on the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus, if your trust is not built on that rock, it's going to crash when the inevitable hurricanes come in life. And you can rebuild your house again right there on the same sand that you've always built it on, and it's going to crash again. Then you're going to rebuild, you're going to get halfway done, and it's going to crash again. And you're going to lay there in the shambles of your life, wondering why you can't build a house, because it keeps crashing down around your ears, when the whole time, all you have to do is let go. Let go of that sin, and escape. Escape into the arms of Jesus Christ that shed his blood and died, was tortured to death to save you from, from your life crashing down, from sin, from hell, fire. He sacrificed himself so that you could live in paradise with him. You could be his brother. You could be a son of God, a daughter of God. If you let the sin go, pull your hand out and fall onto the rock. In Jesus' name, let go of the sin. Age to age, you're still the same by the power of the name. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Hamkana Adonai. We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai.